RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 4, Episode 2, Letter to Sam Rolfe, November 19th, 1965. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans, all you history buffs, students of the science of Star Trek. Yes, all you you uh, history nerds, and of course you Trekophiles spelled with an F, have an interesting piece for you. This week we're going to go back in time a little bit before Star Trek, well, roots of Star Trek, the Cage era, and the first pilot, 1965. We've got a wonderful letter here. I love it because it's a snapshot in time, and you'll see what I mean. So follow along with us. Go to our Facebook page, The Trek Files. Find the document, as always, every week, and follow along with this letter from Gene to one of his esteemed colleagues. And I'll be right back. As for my projects, we've put Police Story in the can, shown it to the West Coast NBC people who reacted very well, even enthusiastically. So I have to assume I'm in trouble there. Star Trek will be scored and dubbed in the next couple of weeks, and the same NBC people saw the final cut and reacted well on this, too. In fact, they've predicted they'll both be on the air this fall. Again, modestly, I think they're both exciting shows and done with a dash of class, which will probably screw them out of getting on the air. Uh, yes, Trekophiles, uh, as you peruse this letter, you'll see what I mean, that uh, from Sam Rolfe, who Gene is writing to here, to all the cast of characters that are mentioned, this is just a wonderful little snapshot in time. It's such an interesting band of names here that, that, are, that are mentioned throughout this letter, and um, it's also a pinnacle for Gene, because at one point, this is the one time he has three pilots in production and active consideration that people are all pretty much high on pre-Star Trek or as Star Trek is in the mix. So it's a wonderful time in history, 1965 for Gene and what would become Star Trek. And who better to talk about it with us this week is, hey, my good friend, you know him from Mission Log and Mission Log Live. He also has a hand in getting this show out every week. John Champion. John. Hey, pleasure to be here. And you picked a letter today that you could almost go... Paragraph by paragraph, line by line, and uh, footnote it uh, just to connect all the dots because there's so much happening. It it seems on the surface just like a friendly, hey, I'm catching up with my friend in the business. But every one of these mentions in here, there is a whole production history uh, that you right. could really dive deeply into. Well, connecting dots is what we're all about right. here at the Trek Files and Trekland in general. And and he's ostensibly, first of all, he's ostensibly writing to Sam Rolfe because Sam Rolfe was the writer of The Long Hunt of April Savage, the pilot episode for that proposed series. But, you know, Sam Rolfe, again, who he's writing to here, the whole letter is addressed to him, uh, was co-creator of Have Gun Will Travel, Quality Show, had nominations, and Gene's most prolific uh, output before Star Trek, uh, aside from The Lieutenant, his own show. But uh, Sam... Uh, 
he uh, and he had a hand in developing the first season of The Man from Uncle yeah. as well. Yeah, he he really created a lot of the uh, sort of the hallmarks of what Uncle is known for. And then at the end of that first season, he was gone. So that show really was Norman Felton and uh, George Lair, who they didn't have showrunners back in the day, but right. the closest thing to a showrunner is George Lair. But Sam Rolfe's fingerprints are all over Uncle. There's no question about it. Well, I, I see where he invented the acronym. He did. He, he developed did. United that. Network Command for Law and Enforcement, without whose special assistance that show would not be on the air. Yeah. I knew uh, I knew yeah. you would know that. Of but, course. You know, Sam Rolfe also had an Oscar nomination uh, for a film pl- for a screenplay he did called Naked Star. It was one of his oh. first uh, credits in 53. Very and true. as one of the writing fraternity, even as Next Generation and the, the future shows, ongoing shows, unspooled in the 80s, he wrote, uh, he has a story credit for The Vengeance Factor on Next Generation and for Vortex on DS9. So we're talking somebody that was not only in the in the writing well with Gene, but even Michael Piller later on. So Yeah, yeah. But he but Gene's writing to Sam Rolfe here because to up, he's updating him and Sam is in uh, the UK on a project. Yeah, and it's interesting to me because it, there's so much about the business in here. Mm-hmm. So immediately my mind goes to well they're, they're friends, they're colleagues. Uh, there's not a whole lot that's personal here until you get to the very end. Uh, just my best to Hilda and family. Hope they're enjoying London. Send news. So you sort of wonder, well, what is Gene getting out of this other than a little, <laughs> maybe a little bit of bragging? You know, I've got these projects kind of cooking along. But it's also just keeping those um, uh, professional contacts in right, play. Right, right. Because what if all of this ends tomorrow? What if Star Trek doesn't get picked up? Or, uh, or any of these three or, shows. Or, or Police Story or April Savage. So how do I just make sure that I'm, I have the appearance of success, <laughs> but, but I'm also right. keeping up with my friends who are more successful just in case? That's true. But you've got to, but you know, since the late 50s, Sam is the one that hired him. For all those scripts on uh, on Have Gun Will Travel, yeah, and I think there's a lot of this is you know you look for your your few friends that you can let your hair down with, and it looks like Gene is is yes doing that to be impressive, but they seem like they have a a, a degree here of uh, informality and, and and bluntness that they can yes. exchange here, and that's what's really fun because right from the beginning uh, they, he refers to them as R and R. Yeah. You know, Rolf and Roddenberry, or Roddenberry and Rolf, you know. When R and happy, Titans tremble, right? <laughs> right. And look, they're looking out for, and Gene worked with Herb Solo, obviously from the beginning of Star mm-hmm. Trek, and on Long Hunt of April Savage. And they're they're trying to defend him yeah. at the beginning here, hoping that he doesn't get a raw deal from where he's going. But, uh, you know, ostensibly he's updating Sam on the progress of April Savage, um, which has a... I think the biggest footnote in history will be the story we're going to wind up with, which he gets into. He alludes to her at the end of his letter. Right, right. But well, let's go through some of these important yeah. notes here of, of who he's referring to. And, and he does give a little bit of uh, a critique on April Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about uh, how good or bad a job the director is. is very good, but there are certain things that I want. And they, they have a 43-minute cut that they hope to boil down to a 28 minute cut. That's a lot of cutting. And what we're missing is uh, he says we're missing some of the, the intensity of Robert Lansing. We need more of his reaction, right. his psychology. He's the lead. It's a mm-hmm. pilot. We need to be building up that character. And of yeah. course, Robert Lansing, 
who I, if, as a kid, I just knew from 12 o'clock high and many other projects that Robert Lansing will forever be Gary Seven, right, right from yes. Assignment Earth. Yeah. So he enjoyed it. And the casting of Robert Lansing in this would be pivotal in a future chapter of Star Trek Relations, which we will hint at at the beginning. I know I keep kicking that down the road, but but he's you know he's he's talking about it, talking about the director, the the editor, just you know very collegial here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he refers to the fist fight at the end between Bob Robert Lansing yes. and Rip Torn. Yeah, Rip Torn. It's amazing that this pilot, look who's in the cast of the Long Hunt of April Savage, which is we should say is a Western, quote-unquote. It was shot over near Big Bear here, the resort area. But it was basically about a man who came home to find his wife and family uh, murdered. Mm -hmm. So he's gone off to find the guys that did this, the gang that did it. And apparently there are eight. And apparently the the arc of the series was going to be him getting his vengeance one by one on these Takes place in the 1870s. 1871 is the setting. After the Civil War. Post-Civil War. Right, right. And in the West... But um, the pilot was about a family that of women, led by women, that was homesteading, was uh, uh, squatting in his old homestead. And about before he can get angry about that, they're being bombarded by a gang. They're being harassed by a gang. And yeah. they all join forces. But look at this cast. Piper Laurie, uh, Bruce Dern. Yeah. Uh, so Rip Torn, Robert Lansing. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, so great cast. And Charles Deerkop, who played the jealous boyfriend. Morla in Wolf in the Fold, of all people. So, TOS, yeah. Yeah, in the original series. Yeah. So it's a great cast and did not get picked up. Right. Yeah, and that's amazing. Uh, it's so interesting to read this where all the, the hopes and all the intensity is on this show. So mm-hmm. here's what I've been working on. Now, uh, the, the footnote here is that that show, apparently it did air. It's listed as a TV movie, right. uh, but it's a 30-minute pilot, and, and it never got picked up. So good luck trying to find it. Uh, hopefully, it exists somewhere so, out there. Hopefully, um, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but but that's it, you know. And then the pilot doesn't get picked up, so you move on. One way they advertise unsold pilots, they fill up yeah. time, like summer summer season. Yeah, they would, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're just going to throw on this thing, yeah, yeah. and and that's should, it. That's the only time you'll ever see it. Should mention too, in passing, Oscar Katz, who's head of programming at Desilu. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worried that Oscar may think their fist fight at the end is too violent. Yeah. But Gene says, "Here's Gene Roddenberry." Um, I'm going to fight for that. You know, uh, I don't think it's excessive. Savage should be savage. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he will fight him up to that point. So here's Gene already, you know, bucking up for his products and the, the lines that he thought should be there as far as adult drama. So he's, he's happy about that. He, he's mm-hmm. happy about the progress Star Trek <laughs> has made. He's happy about police story. But I love right before that, the paragraph where he says, what's new here? And he really gets into what's happening at Desilu. Oh, this is and this is yes. wonderful. This is gold because he talks about this show that uh, first of all, uh, Desilu had three sitcom pilots that they had pitched to CBS. CBS turned down two, except for one that apparently went to pilot stage called The Recruiters. <laughs> and so they, they shot it again. You know, good luck trying to find this. I would love to see it if somebody's got it. Where it's a comedy about an Army, Navy, and Marine Corps recruiting sergeant each, you know, uh, who work out of the same office and, and wacky hijinks commence as they, in Gene's words, say, seducing young men to go die in Vietnam. In 1965, that's a little bit on the cutting edge there. We hadn't quite turned the, the campus protest that's the country on fire stage of Vietnam yet, but... Yeah. 
Um, here's a case of Gene being, you know, sardonic and totally blunt with his good friend in a private yeah. letter. Well, and he kind of has this attitude. He says, hey, yeah. why, why why couldn't it happen? You got Hogan's heroes. And right. that makes no damn sense. Right. So, and it's a hit. Yeah. So who can guess anymore? Yeah, right. Yeah. But it, again, it's sitcoms. Desi Lou's product. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they were sitcom city. They were aching. Lucy was aching to do one-hour dramas and thus Star Trek yeah. to be soon followed by, oh, look what's mentioned here. Yes, I, I love it. Not by name. But yes. he mentions, oh, there's this show that Bruce Geller is working on. Uh, it's sort of a, sort of an Ocean's Eleven, Doc Savage thing. Sounds interesting. <laughs> He's talking about Mission Impossible. Yes. I've not read either of them. I'm just giving you the word of mouth. <laughs> yes. So that was the word of mouth on Mission Impossible. Trying yeah. to get, you know, and it, again, it was, this, it was the James Bond spy mm-hmm. craze that was coming in, which Uncle benefited from, yeah. rode yeah, that wave, so. and Mission yeah. Impossible just a year later. So... Yeah, the snapshot in time of and him just being uh, before the buzz sets in. Right. Now, in this paragraph where he's talking to Sam about his current projects, what's cool is that this letter was written in November <laughs> 65, so get us up to speed on the timeline here. Well, of- the cage was shot in late 64. All right. And then finalized early 65. And rejected <laughs> very quickly in yeah. in, uh, in in by April May by the spring in terms of of a deal for a second pilot. So actually, when he's talking about Star Trek, he's talking about shooting where no man's gone before. So he's reasonably optimistic that they they've already done that they've already shot the second pilot. It's in post. It's in good shape, and he he has every assurance that that will be on the air alongside Belize Story uh, the next fall. The fall, fall of 66. 66. So he's right, right about one of those. Right. So he's, yeah. But his case for being, you know, these guys, these suits, he's already gone through the mill with them at least once. And, yeah. and just uh, keeping his guard up on all of these projects. And then Police Story, not to be confused with the Joseph Wamba series later on, this was a pilot that was meant to be an adult police. Here's the modern case of what's you know what's bothering, what's driving modern police officers and all. This is the one where DeForest Kelly was cast as Lab Chief Green, hmm. who was the lab doc, kind of a uh, a nascent uh, uh, Quincy, almost oh, you know okay. the, the lab right. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And Grace Lee Whitney was oh. uh, was a police officer in it. Nice. So that's where he first worked with Dee and Grace Lee. Uh, people, yeah. And his sarcasm here, the West Coast NBC people loved it. They reacted very well. So I'm in trouble. Yeah. You know, his sardonic <laughs> sense of humor. Yeah. You know, uh, they all love my shows and they never buy one. Yes. But yes. We're doing it like our, our insider TV producer humor with each other. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. That's that, what it that, sounds that like. black humor. And then, yes, yeah, April so, Savage. Yeah. And look at the name that comes up. Yeah, bring us up to that point, Harv Bennett. So, uh, because there's a, we already know the contentious relationship between Harv Bennett and Gene Roddenberry from the Trek movie years, but here we go. Go right. back to 1965, it and was, Harv Bennett is the guy from ABC. If you have not been following along with us at home, <laughs> I know in prior episodes we've told this story but um, and repeated it. And Harv, Harv told me years later how ironic it was, but um, just the last few years, but um, before he died. They they knew they were nothing to each other until the case of April Savage, where here's Gene, still a young producer trying to get a show on the air after the lieutenant had its ignominious end, mm-hmm. and here's poor Har Bennett, who's a junior executive for ABC in New York. ABC trying to express its opposition to Robert Lansing even being cast in this show, right. and Gene insisting on going ahead with it. 
there are telegrams, there are phone calls being ignored. Finally, ABC sticks Harv with the with the task of going out to Big Bear, California, out in the middle of the boonies, and firing Robert Lansing or shutting the whole thing down, pulling the damn plug. Ugh. Uh-huh. And they've already been through that exercise. So obviously they completed the shoot. Yeah. You just wonder how ABC is going to view this thing now. You know, it's like they're all enthousi- they're all enthusiastically going ahead with the editing and the cutting and talking about the music. And in the back of your head, it's like, are, haven't, aren't they so pissed at you, Gene, that they're not going to touch this thing? <laughs> but, but, but then he's... Look who's still the point guy. I know. Harm is still the point yeah, guy. He got very mad and called Herb Solo. Boom. There's our, right. uh, you know, track connection again. Yeah, still uh, Gene's boss. Yeah, yeah. Who told him that they should be pleased to be working with GR, refers himself in the third person there, who is actually a sweet doll compared to Sam Rolfe. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, uh, GR simply says no. SR says no and then throws them out of the office next time he sees them. <laughs> Just classic. This is so good. What what a slice of personality between these two TV producers speaking each other's language. Here. Right, right. And, and I, I love all these connected dots between these not only iconic TV shows of this period that I love, so Star Trek, Man from Uncle, Mission Impossible, Hogan's Heroes, but then the failed shows like April Savage. Right. And, uh, of course, Police Story didn't go. And uh, the recruiters, again, <laughs> anybody out there who's got the recruiters, please let me know. Oh, it would be great. To see. Or the long kind of, I mean, maybe some of the museums have prints of these. Uh, I would hope so. We need, yeah. to, we need to check on that. But it would be, lo- and again, the April Savage cast, Piper Laurie. Rip Torn, <laughs> right. Bruce Dern in their, you know, in their Bruce, a young Bruce Dern at that yeah, point. Yeah. No, it's, you know, I love this. It's such a snapshot. This, these, this cast of characters of names, both coming and going and the people that would have something to do with Star Trek, either in a major way right. or even just involved on the side, but also just the way the industry worked, the way industry people talked. And it is the sixties, but a lot of this is, you'd talk about your edit in your post and how the cut's going and how the music guy is and oh, who and you how like. those execs just don't get it. They don't. Uh, yeah. They yeah, don't. I love it. Anyway, John, thanks for jumping in with me for another uh, fun little... Um, Thank you. A fun snapshot here. Look at, at Gene's World yes. in 1965. <laughs> yes, it is. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Additional production by Ken Ray. All our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Hey, for more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47 at larrynimacek.com. That's me. Trek well, everybody. podcast.roddenberry.com, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.